You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go, everybody. Another installment, another edition of Locked On Lions on a crossover Wednesday, December 18th, and a Thursday, December 19th. Welcome in. Matt Derry with you. All the talk in Detroit has been about the Lions and the news from yesterday about Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn coming back. And indeed, we will do the crossover podcast today with Locked On Broncos host Cameron Parker. For those of you that do care about the actual game coming up Sunday at 4.05, we'll preview it with Cam Parker from Denver, the host of Locked On Broncos, coming up momentarily here on the program. Coming up on the show today, though, before we do that, the Lions wrote a letter. Well, the Lions brass, the very top, Martha Firestone Ford, Sheila Ford Hamp, and team president Rod Wood wrote an open letter to Lions fans today. Let's read this. Let's give you a little response and reaction, and then we'll get to the crossover coming up today. Brought to you you today, the show is, by our friends at Blue Chew. From Martha, Sheila, and Rod, quote, Our 2019 season has not gone as anticipated by anyone in our organization. Our team has played hard and well enough to be very competitive. It has been well documented that we are one of only three teams to have held the lead in each of our first 12 games. Unfortunately, all too often, we have come up a few plays short of victory. Our current win-loss record is ultimately very disappointing. As we evaluate this season, we look beyond just our record. We are striving to build a team with a strong... I can't can't read any more of this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I can't read any more of this. Stop. Stop. I'm moving on. You guys know what they're saying. Injuries, Patricia's plan, expectation is to be a playoff contender in 2020. You deserve a winning team, blah, 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 blah. Price decreases, season ticket holders, in uh, no price increase. Stop. Stop. This letter sucks. Give me a break. Put a team on the field that's a Super Bowl contender, not playoff contender. Oh, we came up short. We were right there a couple of plays away. We held the lead in each of our first 12 games. Are you kidding me? Now, let me say something about what's going on here. Sheila Ford Hamp is running this show. And for those of you that don't know who she is, She is one of the daughters of the late owner, William Clay Ford. And William Clay Ford, of course, has um, other daughters, Martha Ford Morse, Elizabeth, and Sheila, along with son, Bill Ford Jr. Everybody always wants to know, why isn't Bill Ford Jr. involved? Let me tell you a little story. When Mr. Ford and Bill Jr. were were running the Lions, there were two people in the background constantly shaking their heads, not agreeing, but never getting acknowledged or recognized when it came to the Lions. Those two people were the wife, Martha Firestone Ford, and Sheila Ford Hamp, the daughter. And now that Mr. Ford is gone, Martha, who sat in the corner for years with Sheila going, we don't like this, we don't agree with this, but we don't get a say, they're getting their say now. They're getting their say. 
Sheila's getting her say. And now she's front and center. This is her show. But you say, well, wait a minute. What about Bill? Well, Bill shoved Sheila's husband, Steve, out of the picture at Ford. Read the book. American icon Alan Mulally in the fight to save the Ford Motor Company. Go read the book because in 2006, Mulally was in and the Hamps, Sheila, and her husband, Steve, were out. Now, Sheila's running the show and Bill's sitting in the corner. And so this is the Sheila show. And Sheila likes Bob Quinn still. Bob and Matt are still close. There's your story. Okay? As it was written in the book, quote, in a family like the Fords, the usual sibling rivalries often escalate into business battles. This was certainly the case between Bill and Sheila. It had been long understood in the family that Ford women would never be appointed to the company's, Ford's, board of directors, let alone the chairman's post. See, friends said Sheila resented this, just as she resented her exclusion from the family's football franchise, which Bill ran with his father. End quote. This is the Sheila show. So we could talk about Martha. We could talk about Rod Wood. Why isn't Bill involved? Bingo. Here's why. I just told you. Sheila likes Bob Quinn and still believes Bob's the guy. She knows it's an unpopular choice to bring the maestro and Matt Patricia back for years five and three, respectively. I agree with that sentiment by most fans, but Sheila has a feeling it's going to turn around next season. And she, along with her mom and their accountant, team president, believe that they're going to be a consistently winning team and a playoff contender in 2020. In 2020, excuse me. There you go. Sheila Hamp Ford. Remember the name? See some pictures of her online because you didn't see her you didn't see her face in front of any cameras yesterday. That's the story. That's the scoop. So They can spin it however they want. They can talk about this season and seeing progress. I don't see it. I hope they're right. I hope we're wrong. I just don't see it. That's the big news. That's the news of the day. All right? This is the Sheila show, people. And she's been waiting for her turn and waiting for her chance. And she's getting it. And this is what she wants, and this is what she's getting. Today's episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you're always ready to go? We could talk about sex. Let's do it. You can increase your performance, get that extra confidence in the bedroom by going to bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active, uh, active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. All right, you take these chewables anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach, whatever you want. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you can benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way, folks, to enhance your performance. They are prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. Go online right now to bluechew.com. You'll get your first shipment for free. 
All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. That's for you, our listeners. All you do is pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to try it free. Our Locked On Lions, Locked On Broncos, the Wednesday crossover. Matt Derry host in Detroit of Locked On Lions. Cameron Parker hosts Locked On Broncos in what should be... Uh, uh, Cameron, we can't really say this is going to be a thrilling game on Sunday, right, buddy? <laughs> well, you know, you know that old adage: any given Sunday, you, you really don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, the, the Broncos beat the Browns, and so it's one of those things where, hey, things could happen. But yeah, it it doesn't really look uh, as far as one of those things. It's like uh, you don't know if the the Lions are going to come out on top, surprise everybody, and or for the Broncos' sake, you know, maybe fall flat. Well, let's start with the Broncos, and then we'll get into the Lions. Cam, tell me about this five-win team. We know that Drew Locke is now getting an opportunity. The Broncos always have depth at running back. But this weekend, I guess, uh, was not a great uh, great day for them in the snow in Kansas City, huh? No, we kind of got snowplowed by the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs on on Sunday, it was a really frustrating game. Uh, I, but it, I think for, for Locke's standpoint, if you want to start with that uh, first, I, I think it was just one of those games where those those weather games that made it a little bit hard to kind of evaluate him and maybe do a true evaluation process of him. Uh, but clearly, you know, because uh, we're all human, the weather affected him, affected you know some of the, the timing with his receivers and resulted in a lot of drops and it was just a very, very sloppy game from start to finish. And clearly, as was pretty evident, that Kansas City is still the, the the dog of that division of the AFC West. And so Broncos clearly have a lot of work to do uh, up front, and, and especially with the, the secondary uh, getting obliterated all day on Sunday with Travis Kelsey. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting uh, game uh, against the Lions, especially uh, in to see what happens there, but yeah, it was it was a very frustrating, frustrating uh, game against the, uh, against the Chiefs. What's the atmosphere like in Denver? You got a rookie head coach in Vic Fangio, and you have a rookie quarterback in Drew Locke who got a late start. Uh, you know, with Flacco and everything at the start of the year, and and Locke wasn't ready to go. How how, how are fans handling this five and nine season so far? Well, I, I don't know about you you guys with the uh, with Lions Twitter, but. Uh, Certainly, social media it feels like a much, <laughs> feels like a much different, you know, dichotomy when you read Twitter or social media versus actually talking to just a normal fan face to face. Because it, it seems like the pulse of the team, it, you know, it's like everybody wants to pull their hair out every single time a team loses. And I, I think that uh, for for that, it, it makes it seem as if you know the. The, the Broncos and and with everything that uh, that certainly has unfolded with the quarterback position, it, it's kind of created a little bit of some unsettling stuff with the with the fans. You know, we we brought in Joe Flacco to truly be that bridge for Locke, the, a, a guy that probably was not even going to see the field in 2019. You know, and and Flacco kind of hit the bed a little bit, and, or significantly hit the bed, and. Right now, Locke already has five touchdowns to Flacco's six touchdowns in only eight weeks of play, which is really a massive underperforming for a quarterback. And I think, too, it just was really stagnant offense and meshing with the, a young offensive coordinator and, and a, 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 a old yet rookie head coach. And I think defensively, the team is clearly being bought into what Fangio uh, wants and, and presents to them. 
but I just think offensively, that's kind of where you get into that weird, weird stuff with Twitter that you just or social media where it's just like, okay, what do you guys believe in, and with that fan base? Talking to uh, Cameron, uh, the voice of uh, Locked On Broncos here, and it's been a very, very interesting Cameron Parker, very, very interesting season for Denver. I watch a few Bronco games. You know, that first half against the Vikings, they look like a Super Bowl contender. Uh, then there's other weeks that they get blown out. It's, 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 it's a very inconsistent group, is it not? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Just because when when you are when you lose those those very close games, those arguments start creeping in. Well, they very well could be nine and five instead of five and nine. And I think that that's that's true. But at the same time, when you when you are a losing team or or, or such a five and nine football team, there's a reason you're you're five and nine versus nine and five. And so, uh, yes, they certainly have lost those close games. But you know, potentially missing an, a certain assignment or or missing a a a, a key block or or missing a wide open receiver, uh, something like that, just those death by inches that Fangio likes to likes to present so often to his team at, and creating that foundation that he set it's just a, it's just one of those things that it really doesn't take a, take one year for people uh, to be entrenched truly in a foundation like that I mean it takes a little bit more uh, than that maybe a year or two and everything and so I think it's clearly headed in the right direction though because I think that when when and when you when you see so many close games happen in your first season, I think it gives you the the the, the feeling that you were this close to winning a football game and that you're this close to potentially being a really good football team. What about this Cortland Sutton? Oh my goodness, he is uh, he's, he's come on like gangbusters, and with the Lions secondary getting torched this past Sunday by Brashad Perryman, I can only imagine Cortland Sutton's got to be licking his chops. Yeah, Sutton has been one of those guys that. I think if you're looking at one of those Pro Bowl rosters right now, he's got to be one of those clear-cut signs of, of being to the Pro Bowl. He's a guy that they, the Broncos last year traded Demarius Thomas uh, to give Sutton more reps. And then this year, he the, the, the Broncos decided to trade away Emmanuel Sanders. And granted, I think that Sutton was at that particular focal point early on in the season, even with Sanders there. But it was just that case where we really just saw Sutton blossom in just his second season. And one of the things that I've kind of held true with Sutton is that, well, when you trade, say, a franchise-type wide receiver like Demarius Thomas, you're kind of uh, holding it close because one of the things that has been so talked about with Sutton coming into the draft was that he was was kind of struggling uh, a little bit in route running. But right now, uh, it seems like, the thing that he's been so good at, which is those 50-50 balls, which have turned into more like 80-20 balls or 70-30 balls in favor of Sutton, mixed in with his ability to be a, a tremendous route runner this year and even be a lot more physical than we had seen even last year has really made a lot of fans almost ooing and aahing every single time Sutton really makes that catch. And and especially with Locke now in the fold, it's almost like bringing back memories of Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall together. All right, last thing, then we'll talk some Lions, uh, Cam. What's up with Von Miller? Made some comments after the game yesterday, some kind of quotes about defeating his soul. Does he want out of Denver? Is he still an elite player? You know, seven sacks. 
There's years where Von Miller's at 12 or 13 at this time of year. What's going on with him? I, I would say it's definitely uh, – I, I think you kind of know any any type of football player when they have a down year like that. They'll always say, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things I probably could have done better. But I think for Miller's sake, you know, it, sacks are one of those things that's, that to me is kind of like a glorified stat. You know, like people always will, will look at, at sacks and be like, man, that was it. That was a really good year for him, a really low year for him. But I think that sometimes, you know, those those quarterback pressures and, and everything are, is really where – uh, where, where you get kind of that that grand scope of everything, but he's clearly had a down year. And but to his credit, though, I mean, he, when when you lose Bradley Chubb at the beginning of the year, uh, all that attention and all that focus of that pass rush is going to be focused on Von Miller. So he's been doubled and and tripled nearly every single game. And when that happens, it's going to be opening up obviously more opportunities for guys like Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf. Uh, Wolf obviously is out for this uh, out for the season, and uh, Malik Reed as well, uh, getting some opportunity to to run and, and get some uh, sacks there. So it's at least afforded some opportunity for some other guys. But I, I would say it has been a down year just from Von Miller's uh, stance. But I could clearly sense sense the frustration from his point, just because if you look at it, you lost to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have been, as I was saying earlier, the the Chiefs have been the dog of that division the last four years and for Von Miller who's been with Peyton Manning they were the dog of the AFC West with Peyton Manning and now it's been flip script to see Kansas City be that I think uh, that's really where it's all standing from is to see the Kansas City Chiefs another team in your division really be what you guys were four years ago I will right, we'll get to the Lions uh, next locked on Lions Matt Derry locked on Broncos Cameron Parker the host there this is Wednesday crossover on the locked on podcast network Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Locked On Broncos, Locked On Titans crossover. I am here with Matt Derry. We just talked a little bit about the, the Denver Broncos side of things, but I'm gonna, we're going to flip script and we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. You know, uh, you know, Matt. One of the huge talks, especially on social media, as we were alluding to in in the second segment, is well the tight end position, and there's been a, a growing theme of who is better. Noel Fant or TJ Hawkinson. Well, <laughs> I, I think for me, it's just it's one of those things that you're also picking two of the the, the same teammates from the same university. They have different roles. They, they you know they, they have different traits. They have different uh, athletic ability. Hawkinson was a much more complete tight end coming out of college. Noel Fant was just a pure athlete, uh, a pure athletic freak, should we say? But. I, I, I'm kind of in, in that, that mold that I just I absolutely believe in Hawkinson. I think that he's been an absolute you know potential godsend, I think, in the future for the Lions with that tight end position. But what is the pulse <laughs> of T.J. Hawkinson with the Lions? I know that he's out for the year, but... Well, I, let me say this. First of all, the, the pulse here, no matter who you talk about, uh, outside of Matthew Stafford, is very, very negative. Team is off to a 3-10-1 start. The Hawkinson pick certainly didn't help general manager Bob Quinn's case because, quite honestly, he took a tight end at number 8. Many fans said, no, 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 not another first-round tight end because Brandon Pettigrew didn't work. Eric Ebron didn't work. The Lions are the only team, only team in the last 10 years to, to draft three tight ends in the first round in those, in those 10 years. It's never happened before. So I, I've seen Fant a little bit, and, and, and honestly, if we're sitting here today, you and I, arguing who's better, 
then that's the win for the Broncos because they didn't have to t- take Noah Fant in the, in the top ten. And, and and the Lions have so many other needs, and unfortunately for TJ, he got caught up. His first game was unbelievable against the Cardinals. He broke all sorts of rookie records in that opener. Two touchdowns, over 100 yards receiving, and then he just it, it just didn't click for him. He had a concussion. Now he's been out for the year, uh, uh, you know, with the ankle. So, yeah, the jury's still out, but it's it's been such a disappointing year. And, and for Hawkinson as a top 10 pick, he's been very disappointing too. Yeah, I think uh, Aaron, when especially with the Detroit Lions, people always kind of gravitate to to Ebron, especially now knowing the the, the knowing what he has been doing with the Indianapolis Colts uh, dating back to uh, last year. Um, you know, one of the, the the key things too, even with the the offense, has been the transition with with the with multiple quarterbacks. You know, Matt, Matthew Stafford goes down. And then you you deal a little bit with some new look quarterbacks now. Obviously, with a starter out of Purdue, uh, out of Purdue, David Blau. It seems like it's been kind of kind of a rough patch with him uh, at quarterback. What what are some of the things that for for Denver Bronco fans or or even people that are going to be watching this upcoming Sunday? What are what should the Broncos really expect from a guy like Blau? who's still a little bit well-known, or unknown, should we say. Yeah, I mean, he's been okay, Cam. I mean, I, I would say this. Um, he's he's a number three for a reason. Came into the season basically uh, a guy that they had picked up from the Browns in the last preseason game. They have tried all sorts of different backup quarterbacks. They had Josh Johnson. They had Tom Savage. They've had Jeff Driscoll. They, they've, they've had about 10, 11 different guys behind Stafford that they've looked at going back to the offseason, starting with Connor Cook. So... You know, Blau has kind of been rushed into this spot after the Driscoll injury. He started off like a, like a house on fire in the Thanksgiving Day game and looked pretty good. But now he stares receivers down. And, you know, if there's some safeties and, and, and some corners that can jump routes for the Broncos, that's a tough, tough place to go, you know, up there at mile high to try to win and and be a rookie and and deal with with, with 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 Von Miller and those guys. So I wouldn't expect Blau to come in and knock your socks off. He's been solid, unspectacular. He's thrown some big interceptions. Um, but again, he shouldn't be playing. I mean, he's not ready and was undrafted for a reason. So advantage Broncos, I think, on Sunday in that department. Well, uh, so then are we going to be looking for a potential quarterback change during the game? And but what, what's, what's kind of funny is, you know, you guys ended up signing Kyle Sloter, uh, who was a former University of Northern Colorado uh, quarterback. That's as right. Well, as, a, as well as a former Denver Bronco quarterback in the preseason, who was actually, uh, if you talk to uh, Bronco fans on social media, they will say that he had a great preseason. <laughs> probably should have been on the roster. Yeah. Are, are we going to... No, I don't. I don't think we're going to see any quarterback change. This is this is a three ten and one football team just trying to get into Denver and get out alive. And and and, and so, you know, they they've got they've got a, a practice squad kid in Wes Hills playing running back. I don't know if Bo Scarborough is going to be healthy or not to go. He couldn't play this past Sunday. It's a defense in shambles. The secondary got torched by Jameis Winston last week. Um, and so they're they're just playing out the string, man. I mean, I. You know, two more guys go on IR on Monday, Kenny Wiggins and Mike Daniels. They're down to scraps, and it's it's looking like 3-12-1. I don't think there's any question about it. A very, very disappointing season for Detroit and Matt Patricia. Oh, right. and 
and you were talking about just the, the plethora of injuries that the Lions were sustaining on defense. What is some of those things that we could potentially expect from the Lions? Is it going to be a potential mix and match uh, with some of the, the new bodies? You know, the, we, we say so often with the next man up mentality, what are some of those things that we're going to be expecting from the Lions on defense? I, I know that they got shredded by, by Jameis, but what are some things that we're going to be expecting from the Lions on defense? You know, they've always been rushing three all year. They really don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Uh, their big free agent signee this, this offseason was Trey Flowers, who's been solid, but nothing nothing to write home about. Uh, Darius Slay is really their best defensive player and has been for the last few years. He's had a, an up-and-down season this year at cornerback. But remember, he, he, you know, he lost one of his best friends in Quandre Diggs, who was unceremoniously traded for a fifth-round pick to Seattle a few weeks ago, and he's been pissed ever since. Tracy Walker is a very, very solid second-year safety. I like him a lot. The linebacking core is not very good, uh, uh, although Jared Davis now being done for the year. Uh, he's been a, a very, very uh, weak spot, I think, in the middle. And, and now Jelani Tavai's second-round pick is starting to come out and play a little bit better. But Locke should have all day to throw. The run defense hasn't been great, although better recently with Snacks Harrison playing a little bit better. But, you know, the cornerback spot opposite of Darius Slay has been a problem and was a problem this past week. Well, that sort of leads us into uh, what could potentially be that that prediction for for this this Sunday's matchup with the with the Lions. What uh, where are you sort of headed in that direction uh, with uh, with the Lions of Broncos game this upcoming Sunday? Lions are going to play hard. They have not quit. They will compete, but I think in the end, Denver wins twenty three thirteen, something like that. Uh, I don't see the Lions getting a lot on on Denver's defense out there. Um, I don't think it's going to be as bad as, as what it happened this past Sunday with Jameis. I don't see Locke throwing 450 yards worth <laughs> of passing, but uh, I think the Broncos will win a, a, about a 23-13 game. What about you? You know, uh, it, it, it sometimes, again, it's kind of hard to predict a little bit with the uh, with the, the Broncos and ultimately with that type of season. So I, I think there's a, there's a chance that the Broncos could be in a, in a close game with the Lions, and so I, 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 I still think that they come out on top, uh, but I, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think, and I, I think it's going to be probably 20, 20 uh, you said 23 to 13, I'll, I'll say 23 to 20 will be the, the, the score for the, the Lions and, and the Broncos, with the Broncos coming out on top. I just think that you know the, the defense will probably stifle a little bit, but I just think that we'll, we'll probably get those uh, those unpredictabilities, I guess, uh, that could potentially keep the game close because for the Lions' sake and even for the Broncos' sake, they, they really have nothing to lose at this particular point. No doubt. So they could put out all stops. All right, Cameron, appreciate it, man. That was uh, that was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We'll, we'll definitely try and uh, see if we can link up soon.